listening to Flop Culture, a podcast where I, Fanula Jones, speak to an esteemed guest every week about their favourite flop, as well as bring you up to date on the latest pop culture news. It's spooky month, happy October, all of this month's flops on the main feed will be spooky adjacent, I will say, very excited about it, and we couldn't be kicking off with a better episode, which we'll be getting to a bit later on, but first, some housekeeping, we're going live, baby, Flop Culture Top of the flops. November 29th, upstairs in Whelan's. Tickets are on sale right now. It's going to be so good. You can get your tickets from whelanslive.com. 15 quid, cheapest trips, make your Christmas party. We'll have some flop faves joining us. We've got Carla Kay. We've got Patrick Wilson-McCarthy. And we've got Owen Keane. I'm, I'm bringing out the big guns. We're going to be looking at the year in review 2023 and deciding who is top of the flops. This is not being recorded so this is a one and done opportunity to come see us, have a laugh. I will be figuring things out as we go, but it will be great because I have great guests and I love them and I'm really excited to be in a room with them and be in a room with you guys. So if you want to come along, wheelandslive.com. Much appreciated. We are on social media at flopculture underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. Please join us over there because that's where I usually tease the episodes and we have a bit of fun and play games and give hints and stuff like that. And you can see little... Uh, video clips as well from the episode. Ratings, so important to help get us out there. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and your nickname, I'll actually give you a bespoke bop or flop recommendation at the end of next week's episode. Simple as that, but you can leave a five-star review on Spotify too, if you'd prefer to do that. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash flop culture. Lots of content coming this month. If you actually want to see what's coming up, there's a free to read post. You don't have to be subscribed. You can see what's coming up. And if something tickles your fancy, you can subscribe. You're going to get a minimum, minimum two episodes a month. Uh, But yeah, go check it out and see if there's anything that interests you. And if you'd like to sign up, we'd love to have you. Let's get into some of this week's news, shall we? When I read this headline, I actively said out loud, this is the worst day of my life. Jodie Turner-Smith and Joshua Jackson are divorcing. She has filed for divorce. She said it. Irreconcilable differences. She has got the best lawyer in the world, probably best divorce lawyer anyway, Laura Wasser on her case, filed in Los Angeles Supreme Court at the start of this week. Um, And their date of separation is listed September 13th, which is kind of significant because they were seen out for her birthday, but she put up this carousel post for her birthday and Joshua wasn't in it at all. And... There's kind of references to love and stuff like that. They share one child, Juno Rose Diana Jackson, which is, sorry, the biggest slave name if I ever heard it. That child is going to be so, so cool. Wrecks my head. Um, But yeah, this kind of caught me in the windpipe. But then it made me think, am I the problem? Yeah, I probably am. Like, why do we elevate these celebrity couples to such an extent and have this parasocial relationship, I think, with the concept of their relationship, not even with them individually. Now, I will say I'm obsessed with Jodie. I think she has some of the best style in the game. I know Joshua Jackson is very important to people because he played Pacey in Dawson's Creek. I I kind of missed that boat because I'm a little bit too young, not flex. Um, But I do get it. Very handsome man. I get it. Um, But yeah, now, there's an argument to be made, again, that they were very proactive in putting forward this image of themselves as a couple. It's this really whirlwind romance. Anytime they spoke about each other, they were like obsessed with each other. Any, whether it was an Instagram caption, an interview, she had watched Dawson's Creek, so was kind of like obsessed that she got with Pacey and talked about that very openly in a way that was just like, oh my God, these two people are 
horny, horny, horny for each other, so in love, obsessed. You know what I mean? But it's, we do this every time and you'll see these memes go around because obviously this is a big year for celebrity divorce and there have been some theories around that that I found particularly interesting. But we always do this with couples and you'll see memes where it's like, I know pre- uh, them kind of outing themselves as not being great people but like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis God if they broke up my world would end Emily Blunt and your man John Krasinski they're another one like perfect couple goals Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds oh my god love doesn't exist if they break up blah 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 that's a very like unhealthy expectation to put on anyone in particularly famous people I can imagine that's very difficult the thing with this split was this has been rumoured for like a while as in like probably this time last year so around that time last year they'd actually unfollowed each other on Instagram which I know I've talked about on here before isn't always the greatest indication but at the same time you are married to each other what about their Instagram is wrecking your head that you're like I cannot be looking at you you know what I mean anyway at that time they were actually working together they were doing SpawnCon with J Crew, which is a retailer in the States um, they didn't reference they like in the spawn con they're shown to be a couple and whatever but they don't reference each other in the caption right they did follow each other back after that but this pattern kind of followed it was very and I suppose maybe no one would have read that much into it only for the fact that they were so in your faces to kind of mean a term but I hope you get what I mean that it was very like front and center we're in love with each other we're licking the insides of each other's ears blah 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 like any time they were out together, it was for like Joshua Jackson to be like with Ash Jodie Turner Smith. He didn't put up like a birthday tribute to her, which people read into. Um, he's already got his people on the case. He's given statements to us and lots of PR. Now this is from an insider, allegedly I should say his people. Joshua was clearly caught off guard by Jodie's decision to divorce. They had their issues as many couples do, especially two busy actors who are also juggling a child. Joshua obviously didn't realize it was this bad that Jodie was this unhappy. Sorry, something very funny about the term juggling a child, because if that doesn't just conjure immediate images of them literally physically juggling a child, I don't know. Anyway, and I know Demois had had stuff up about this as well. Again, obviously they're all rumours and all alleged. Lots of allegations about infidelity on one side. Who knows? Despite everything I just said, I'm sad because I did really like them together. Um, but I'm excited for what Jodie does next and who she gets with next. She's just fascinating, very funny, so talented, love the fashion. Joshua, I care less about, no offence, also men, whatever. We got the trailer for the next season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and shocker, it actually looks kind of good, especially off the back of the last two. Maybe this is just me, I was finding the Erica stuff, very tiresome. I just found particularly last season like a difficult watch in the sense that it was just not interesting, very dragged out. And I know that's kind of Housewives to a T at this point, but particularly Beverly Hills is going through a real slog fest period, for me anyway. This season, it looks like we're actually going to get an insight into the Kyle Richards and Mauricio Amansky split, which I actually didn't think we were going to get because it seemed... I think the news of them splitting up, at the time, I think it coincided with the end of them filming the season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But they seem to have stuff, some absolutely crazy scenes. You have like Mauricio accusing Kyle of having an affair because obviously she's developed this really close relationship with a country singer called Morgan Wade that we've seen being played out in public in the lead up to their split announcement. 
Uh, you're seeing interactions with her and her fellow castmates. You've got Erica Jane and Garcelle. Garcelle's asking her if there was infidelity. If there was infidelity, would you say it? Kyle replies, I don't know. She's introducing them to Morgan Wade. You have Dorit, Queen Dorit Kemsley, asking her what the hell is going on. Mauricio at one point turns to her and gives one of the most... It's actually such an incredible scene and I can't wait to see it play out in the show, even just based on this trailer. Mauricio turns to Kyle and says... I'm just glad it's you out there having an affair because he's been dogged with infidelity rumours for so long. Mauricio turns to Kyle and he says, I'm just glad it's you out there having an affair. And Kyle says, for once, it's me. And the face crack of the century from Mauricio, it's insane. I think he's actually going to be really interesting to watch in comparison to the Housewives this season. And I'll tell you why. So the split was announced earlier this year. He's now doing Dancing with the Stars. They're still being like very publicly supportive of each other, Right. The statement that they put out was kind of deliberately vague enough that it sounded like they were taking time apart, but it seemed like very much all opened reconciliation. That's the way it was worded. That's how I interpreted it anyway, and I'm sure that's how a lot of other people interpreted it as well. But he's obviously being hounded by the TMZ and the likes now. They're stalking him outside the Dance with the Stars car park to be like, hey, what's the crack? Any news? And I think someone had asked, like, definitively about whether they were broken up. And he kind of said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was kind of said no and just whatever. But I think then someone else was in his ear to be like, no, no, like we are separated. Sorry, that was misinterpreted, et cetera, et cetera. Which kind of gives me, he's not as well media trained as Kyle and he's not as used to this type of scrutiny as Kyle. Kyle is also an actor. There could be arguments about how good an actor she is, but she is an actor and she can act at a basic level in a way that I don't think Mauricio can. So I think watching him this season, I think it's going to be interesting. And I think it's one to watch out for reactions, interactions, things he says, stuff like that. So the one scene that I found insane, but like kind of not insane, I because it's just so Kyle Richards, this whole, Richards, I should say, this whole scene of them sitting down with their daughters and telling them, clearly telling them that they're splitting up. And, you know, Kyle's like, we are a very strong family and we always will be, nothing can change. Nothing can change that. One of their daughters, their youngest daughter, is like a teenager. And to be seeing that documented in this way and playing out in this way is kind of dystopian, weird in a way that I just can't even relate to, fathom or imagine, to be honest. But bloody makes for great television. Am I right, girls? Camille is back. Camille Myers. Knee grammar. Denise Richards. We never thought we'd see her again, but here she is. I need it to be good. These next few months are going to be good for Bravo fans because we've also got Real Housewives Miami. Not one that I've watched, but I hear from Housewives fans. Whopper, 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 apparently. I will jump in eventually. I'm currently trying to catch up on Potomac, Real Housewives Potomac, to be up to date with the current season, which is also coming, I think, end of October, start of November. So Housewives fans, we're going to be eating good. If you want to watch the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the new season, season 13, premieres October 25th on Hey You. I'm very excited. Right. From houses in Beverly Hills to houses of a different kind? Let's get into this week's flop. What happens when a first-time director attempts to remake an already previously adapted slasher mystery horror featuring a star-studded teen cast that also includes a very divisive heiress? Well, many critics and viewers turned their noses up at it. One flop culture listener got in touch to say that she walked out 20 minutes into the film upon its initial release. But today's episode will be making the case for why... This isn't the flop many perceived it to be at the time. Joining me to discuss the 2005 film House of Wax is podcaster and author 
PJ Kirby. PJ Kirby, it is such a dream to have you here today on Flop Culture. How are you doing? It's a dream to be here. Woo! I even Sorry, I got forget when the lads up. are here that they can like clap you can and clap. stuff. You're our audience. Woo! Um, I dressed up for the occasion. Look the t-shirt. I whipped out, it says Flop Era for the listeners at home. Um, I was, I'm moving house at the moment and I was like panicking before I got here. I was like, Jose, where is my Flop Era t-shirt? This is of crucial importance. But we got it. And it's cleanish. Perfect. All other guests, take note, please. Yeah, there please you go. Dress for the podcast you want to be on, not the podcast that you're not on. <laughs> um, anyway, that was an awful segue. Uh, what flop have you picked for this spooky season? So I picked my favourite horror film of all time. Um, it's debatable whether it's a flop. It, like The flop is in the, the beholder here. Mm-hmm. But I've picked House of Wax. House of Wax. The early 2000s classic. I had never watched this before uh, watching it for this podcast. You are looking at me disgusted and actually you responded disgustedly when I said this to you and we were texting. I was about to block you on WhatsApp because I was like, (laughs) how did you go the whole of the early 2000s without watching? Have you watched it? Listeners in the in this in the boots, um, you have. But babe, it was everywhere when we were younger. It was like I know, li- but I would have only been ten, and you were you're a little bit older than me. <laughs> oh, actually, I have to go. I wouldn't have been allowed watch it. You know what I mean? Babe, we were watching it. We were so young. You're what not age, that much what older age you? I'm just turned twenty eight. So, oh yeah, so I would have been 12. Yeah. Yeah. But was it 12s age, yeah. in the cinema? How were you getting into a 12s movie? No, we had DVD, babes. Oh, we had it on DVD, DVD. And it was glamour. We had this, <laughs> so basically, we were a VHS household, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But when we were transitioning into DVD territory, Blu-ray was kind of taken over and everyone thought it was going to be like a hovercraft or something. My mum didn't understand <laughs> what a Blu-ray was. But then they had those hybrid DVD... VHS players and we just got that yeah and the first DVD we got was the House of Wax DVD which is kind of <laughs> twisted and sick looking back on it but it was glamour it folded out and it was like embossed so there was in the, on the cover if you look at it it's just the gorgeous redhead but she's like being covered in wax and like it was embossed with the wax so it was like coming off the page <gasps> feel it. yeah it was oh, gorgeous that is so glamorous and we used to just watch it all the time but like casually like you, you shouldn't be casually just watching a horror film on repeat like I think that kind of indoctrinates you into like <laughs> becoming this weird serial killer I'm not really left of candles in the house basically let's just okay. say that interesting interesting so that's your earliest memory of it and it's obviously we'll get into it about what it's about but obviously it's a horror film did you find it scary at that age? back at that that time it was terrifying but I think what I like about it it straddles um like this thing where it's like it's scary but not too scary mm. you know what I mean it gives you a few jumps but it's not like oh my god I can't sleep you know mm. what I mean and it's also not mega gory either even though it's kind of considered a bit of a slasher it is a now, bit of a slasher there are some iconic deaths oh we have to get into them because there's I have a hit list of my faves oh, like. okay for anyone who's not familiar what is House of Wax about what's the plot so House of Wax is the perfect early 2000s horror film full of like hot people who are really dumb and make loads of dumb decisions that get them all killed one by one. So basically the plot is this group of like 
hot people. I wouldn't say are they, they're not meant to be teenagers, are they? They're going to like a football game, they're but the, it's yeah. not. Yeah, so I would say like just out of high school, maybe early college. Kind of that vibes. And they're all piled into the cars. Um, one of the girls' brother just goes out of prison, Chad Michael Murray. He's yeah. like this ex-con kind of bad boy. He tags along last minute with them. They're all going to this game, but obviously um, they get sidetracked. They have to camp out for the night and then they camp out in the woods, basically. Then they kind of get lost uh, along the way. Some of them try to go to the game. Some of them try to fix a car thing. Yeah, because they're, was... bre- they're in the middle of nowhere. Car breaks down. Car breaks down. This fella finds them and is like, well, I can bring you to the nearest town and you can get a belt or whatever. So as you said, two of them go off. Elijah yeah. Cuthbert, who is like the sister yeah. and her boyfriend at the time, who's played by Jared Padalecki. Um, and then the rest of them go off. So that's Paris Hilton, uh, Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. Uh, and either John Hayburns or Robert Richard anyway Robert they, Richard yeah. went away and then uh, another one who's the other one? Oh, your man Dalton that's John Abrahams then yeah, yeah John Abrahams yeah he goes as well stars are the cast like very strong but cast it, it, they basically just goes who's who's shit hot right now so they took your man from the Gilmore Girls or whatever yeah. he was, and he went on to Supernatural Paris Hilton's first debut role by the way um, and then Elijah was there, is that Eliza Cut yeah Eliza Cuthbert very hard second yeah. round former anyway. flop because we talked about happy endings before and Check she that was out. in Girl Next Door isn't she yes yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so basically um, hot naughties hot naughties people they were all it was stars of the cast so Elijah What's her name of the thing? Oh, I don't know. Something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Who okay. cares? Eliza and your man. Yeah. Gerard. Her fella. Yeah. They go to the town. <laughs> His name's fully. <laughs> Jared. Jared, not Gerard. <laughs> not Gerard. Jared. Go to the town to get the fan belt when everyone else tries to go to the match. Um, and then hell ensues like mayhem ensues they find this town it's really eerie there's a huge house of wax museum there and then they get this backstory basically of this crazy doctor and his wife moved to the town and the wife kind of was a wax sculptor and she had kids and the kids were um, conjoined twins and then the dad kind of went crazy killed himself and killed the mom and then we you goes from there basically. Do we give away all that? But yeah, do we give absolutely. Away? Give Are it we away. Spoiling? Yeah, okay. Spoiling. So basically, long story short, <laughs> they meet this fella who turns out to be one of the twins. But you don't find that until later. And then the twins are there's one fella in the house of wax who basically they were conjoined when they were younger, and then. The, their dad obviously cut them in half. Is that, is that politically correct? You can't, but that's what he did. <laughs> that's what he did. That's what he did. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I'm like, if you're a conjoined twin listening, like I don't, you can be conjoined. I don't know, whatever. But basically, he um, two people who are not doctors talking on a podcast. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So basically, he separated conjoined twins. So one of them had half a face that obviously filled with wax. They just yeah. filled half the face with wax. And have a wa- he has a wax mask. And then the other one is just a big ride prancing about the town. So he kind of lowers in the people and then the other fella turns them into wax sculptures in the museum. Yeah. So, they, so it's like, it's the scariest thing in the world. Like, it's basically like, they go into this museum and all the wax sculptures are actually people who they've murdered and covered in wax. Mm. Terrifying. It's, it's like, you're, I can't go to Madame Tussauds anymore and look at it the same <laughs> because like, that's terrifying. It's like Harry Styles is alive under their Yeah, li- like, literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Set me free, girls. Um, yeah, very scary. Very... Yeah. After you kind of established, then there's evil twins going around, killing everyone that comes into town and turning them into wax. All that happens then basically for the rest of the film is they just 
kill each of them one by one and turn them into wax. Yeah. That's, that's basically the film, right? Yeah. Carly is your one's name. Like Carly. Like character, yeah. yeah. So Carly and the brother are then trying to escape because they, well, she's like almost turned into wax, but then he, cops, is able to free her. But in the meantime, all the rest of them are like either caught by the mad brother who's like turning them into yeah. wax or like, yeah, your man Dalton goes into the wax museum and your man captures him and he comes to an absolutely gruesome death. It is Yeah, so the first the first death is um Your man Wade, the Wade, boyfriend. Yeah. Wade is Gerard, the actor Gerard from Supernatural, right? Yeah. yeah I'm not even gonna correct you on the pronunciation of his name, but yeah, from Jared, Su- Jared. yeah Supernatural Jared, Girls, yeah. Jared from Supernatural is Wade in this thing. And it's your it's your one's boyfriend and he dies first, right? And everyone's always like, that was the most gruesome death. And I don't think it was. No, absolutely not. It no, wasn't. No, so but basically the one thing and me and my sister used to watch it all the time and be like, oh, I, I love when he's in, not in love, obviously, but this is like, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a horror, the horror film that you're like, oh, um, he's also number one, he's a nosy fecker. <laughs> Everyone's like, he doesn't deserve to die. And I'm like, but he kind of has no respect. Like he goes into the wax museum with you one, right? With Carly. Um, and, or Carla, what's her name? Carly. 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 <laughs> and they're walking around. She's obviously being like, this is a bit creepy. And then he's whipping up the lighter, burning everything. And yeah. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> He's, he he starts like scaring her with the dog and then he's just nosy. So then when they go to the gaff, they go back to Bo as the killer, the yeah. one of the brother's names, right? The hot one. Um they they Bo brings him back to the gaff and he goes in to like have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And if he just went in, went for a piss and walked back out, got into the car, they would have been grand. Probably would have escaped. Yeah, but no, he's thick. Like, they're all just hot and stupid. So he's walking back out and he sees the, the door open and then he goes in to have a nose in the office. Nosing at everything. Yeah, and he's like, and obviously you, if you go into the office and you see like, it was like a cow fetus in like jelly and all this stuff, you, would, you wouldn't be playing with it. You'd run away. Like. Yeah. But he's like wandering around the gaff and then basically the, the other brother... Vincent, his Vincent, name is yeah. the one with the wax face, lifts up the floorboard and then cuts his Achilles heel with a scissors. Oh, like imagine that. Imagine someone just cutting your Achilles heel with a scissors. You just dropped to the floor. Like. It's so it's awful, but it's so good. It's, it's, so it's good. visceral. You can really yeah. feel it like. Yeah. So basically then he just drags him and then what they do with everyone, they just hook him up to this machine, spray him in loads of wax and then put him in the wax museum. Mm. But everyone's like, oh, he did, and on the forums, like, because I used to be mad into like uh, dissecting it. They're all like, he didn't deserve to die. Like he, and I was like, no, he was actually a bit of a prick. And also he was really jealous. I was just about to bring that up. He's such a jealous, weird, anytime anyone's like vaguely nice to Carly, he's like, oh, you're going to fuck them now? Where like, are you yeah. going? Oh, another member of your fan club. <laughs> fuck off, you fucking insecure loser. Yeah, like, I think as well though, I have to get your opinion on this. Like, I think in that whole film, it's it's definitely shot through the lens of the male gaze. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's like it's a early two thousands horror film. So like, you want Carly as the main girl, but like she's always just hot, right? So for example, at the start she falls into all these like dead animals because it's like she there's like a smell in the forest where they're camping, and she tumbles and falls into these dead animals, and then she gets out, and then her brother is like Chad Michael Murray is like her twin brother is like take my vest, so she has this like hot like white vest on but then it kind of rips and now it's like a cute little crop top and then when she I gets I was looking at that I was like did the tank top change shape yeah, or what? Yeah it's like, like a gorgeous like Orban Ufford crop top <laughs> then and when she when she gets her finger like chopped off but they glue her lips together right silencing mm. women no you know what I mean <laughs> 
They glue her lips together when she's captured, but then she rips them open so she can scream for help, right? But after she, if you ripped her lips open, they'd be pumping, bleeding, they'd be pumping disgusting. Blood. But it just looks like she has a gorgeous Mac lippy on. A it gorgeous just, rouge. It literally just looks like she went in to benefit and goes, girlies, do my lips. You know what I mean? So, and, and as well, she's like, She's the protagonist and she's like fighting to stay alive but the person who's saving her all the time is her brother, the man, you know? Can we talk about that though? Did you think there was like a weird like sexual chemistry between her and the... It kind of felt like they were like shipping the two of them it and was I was like so weird I, okay I'm glad I wasn't the only one that picked no. up on this I was like why is it like and I know the whole thing is like because obviously they're twins and they have like this fractious relationship at the start because he went to jail for some Robbing he car. robbed a car and yeah. like she wasn't really sound about helping him or like didn't give him an alibi or something so he's kind of fucked off with that and then obviously this whole trauma like brings them together but even then there are a lot of like lingering shots where it's like are you gonna fucking kiss it's or what so, literally it's so flirty at the, and as well I think it's always on the brother's side he's always like he's looking at her I'm like you kind of want to fuck your sister and it's weird <laughs> Like, it's so weird. If you go back, you can never watch it again after we say this because I felt the exact... And I was going to bring it up later about the incest bits. And I was like, it was so... Like, she was more flirty with him than she was with her boyfriend. Literally, I was like, there yeah. is not a spark of chemistry between you and poor Wade. Actually, no wonder Wade was fucking jealous because <laughs> no. he wants to get up on your fucking brother that you wouldn't even help keep out of jail. What? Yeah, it was mad. <sighs> it was so funny. But yeah, so then... Then there's everyone's dying, obviously. Yeah. So they're kind of like running around this town and they're slowly realizing that everyone in the town is wax, which I would have come to the conclusion a bit earlier. <laughs> when they went, so they there's an animatronic at the window that's like opening yeah. things. So at one point she's like, there is someone here, like they'll help us. And then they get to the window and it's like, oh, she's made of wax as well. I'm like, we've wasted probably 10, 15 minutes on this that you could have like hightailed it back home, you know now, what I mean? Now, 12 year old. PJ was like, what? <laughs> oh my, I thought they were going to be sick. I remember my mind was blown. Gagged. And also when they when they go in, so basically at the beginning, when they get to the town first, her and the brother, Carly and her brother, who may or may not be having sex with, you know, who she, who she may or may not be having sex with. And when they get to the town, they go into this church and that's where they first meet Bo the killer but he's like at a funeral and you and you think it's like a funeral he comes out and like brings him to his gaff and later on she when she finds out like oh he's the killer vibes she runs back and she's trying to find help in the church she goes in everyone's made a wax in the church and I just think it. what I love about this film is they're trying to make it a funny horror um, they're trying to make it a serious horror film but there's like really funny moments in it like in the church like the killer's looking for her and <laughs> he finds her she's after hiding underneath the priest's like gown so she's like hiding underneath the priest's skirt and then he's like kind of grappling for her under the priest's skirt and she's like ah and she's trying to get away from him like this is hilarious oh it's so good it's just oh I can love we just it. have a quick moment um, to talk about Paris Hilton and I how was it was just about to say Paris Hilton her debut role as what? you said she's not bad in this I would actually say She's good. I would actually say, where's her fucking Oscar? <laughs> because 
It was her debut role. The the critics were up against her. Everyone was like, she's going to be shit. She's going to get killed off in the first five minutes. This is a PR stunt. And she was serving death. She had a storyline about being pregnant that made no sense to the plot. Perfect, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Like yeah. literally, she came out of nowhere. They'd be just talking about this waxing and then they'd be like, so you're going to tell him you're pregnant? I'm like, why? Like, she's like, I don't even know if I'm pregnant. And he's like, let's have sex. She's like, I need to tell you something. He's like, no, let's just have sex. The pregnancy thing just didn't need to be a thing. What oh, was that literally. about? The characters are like so underwritten. Oh, but the, yeah. the performances are really good and like like she's kind of playing herself but she like was. she commits yeah. like she commits to that whole thing about like the you know is she pregnant is she not her final scenes like I believe she's scared you I know thought, what I mean I was like she's an actor she like, is. she got that contract and she was like, I will serve pussy cunt and yeah. be so terrified for you. You and know what I mean? And she was like, get me an acting coach now because I want to show the girls that I can do it. And I, But I did think it was kind of, not shady, but like, you know, the, the director knew what he was doing when he goes, am I going to have someone with a, a, a video camera filming you having sex from a yes. tent? So I was like, oh. Oh, I actually never even caught like, that. That's so true. Now she looks gorgeous. Yeah, because their other friend, Dalton, is like filming everything and everyone's like, you're being such a fucking weirdo Whatever. And then the creep. video camera ends up going missing the first night and everyone's like, that's a bit weird, whatever. But yeah, he's like filming them kind of in the tens of being a little bit of a pervert. Um, and I think I knew, that was, I think that was one of the moments I knew I was gay when I was like 12 years old and I was seeing her in the red bra and I was like, work! Instead of being like, oh my God, she's, she's, she's so hot. I was like, work, bitch. Like, you better fucking run. And I loved, I just love in early horror films like in the 2000s when the hot girl is running away from the killer but she's still looking hot. You know what she I mean? She looks, the, like the blonde is fresh. Like the, you yeah, she, was, she the just got the purple is. wrench. Yeah, yeah, she just got that done and she's wearing the baggy hoodie and it's off one shoulder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you know what I kind of admire as well? A lot of other people in her bracket would not have done the death scene the way, like I think a lot of people would have argued like yeah. her death is probably oh, I think that's the worst. One of the worst and like goriest in it mm. and she was all like she said in an interview she was like I was really hot when I died and said was like <laughs> I thought it was the coolest death scene it's really awesome I cheered it was dope like yeah. pulled through the head pulled and then filmed through. after just like what? also oh. pulled through the head and like the way he squashes it afterwards. Yeah, he's squashing he the head down. Like, and you can oh. hear it. I think that was one of the, that was the most gruesome death, I thought. Yeah. It was. 100%. I think Dal- uh, Dalton's comes kind of close as well. Is that when he's beheaded? Yes. Yeah, oh, that was good as well. But also kind of feel like he deserved it because he was being a bit of a melt. Get out of the house of wax and find your friends. Uh, he was so not, but now the one thing I would say, I thought he was um, a bit creepy because he was mad for the sister. But um, did you understand that? Because there was this whole, like, they previously went out or, like, they worked together and then... I just think they would... I think what they would do is they'd get people in the set and they would just randomly make... They'd be like, okay, now you like car. And they'd be like, oh, why? And they'd be like, it doesn't matter. Just say it. You're yeah. going to die in five minutes anyway. That's why there's, like, no death to any character. Because when they try... Like, when he gets put in wax and then they find him in the room and they try to, like, rescue him and Chad Michael Murray ends up beheading him, like, again, again essentially. yeah, double in beheading. The wax. And Carly's like, nah! Has the most, like, insane reaction. I'm like, he's a fucking dweeb. Like, it's grand. And you, and and you, you, do, you don't love him. Like, Wade is sexier. And to be honest, you're brother is sexier you know like, <laughs> but it's why later on she sees Wade dead and she's literally just like oh <laughs> she's, anyway she's just running now she's being chased by a man um, who like can we just talk about how I could fix Vincent do you do you though like I think I just think so basically there's twin brothers like that's the whole thing Bo and Vincent and Bo as you said Vincent. Bo is like kind of 
the brains and the brawn and of this, the operation. And he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy, but like he's, he, as you said, he lures the people in for Vincent to make the art. Like his, yeah. their whole kind of thing is like they finishing want... Finishing what their mom did. Finishing what their mom started because she was a really talented wax worker and so so was Vincent, <laughs> but Bo wanted him to start using real people so they were more realistic. Yeah, which like I, and as well at the start Kind of, of it, like loose plot lines, loose I will that, say, yeah. but yeah. But even at the start, like, um, they, there was like a scene in the beginning which establishes like their backstory. Yeah. And Bo was, like Vincent was always a, re- a really good child. So like he wasn't, this was terrible saying, so he wasn't restrained when they were having brekkie at the, at the at the table. Whereas like Bo would come in, he'd be screaming so they'd strap him down and he'd have like these scars on his hands and stuff. So that's how you know he was like the more crazy one. Mm. And I think it was... um. No, obviously, very loosely, a nod to society and how we judge people too quickly. <laughs> like, we let the handsome guy get away with murder, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. the, the kind of cute... Obviously, he was still killing people and turning them into wax, but he was he was, he was was a gentle soul, I thought. Yeah. Vincent was a gentle soul. I thought, you know the end scene where, like, Carly's, like, talking to him and she was like, this yeah. isn't you! I was like, if this fucking convinced him now, I'm going to snap. And thank... <laughs> I, it, it bothered her some time, but I'm glad he wasn't yeah. like, oh, actually, yes, maybe I could be reintroduced yeah, to society. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, when she goes, you're an artist. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, that's not going to sit you babe my mom talked to me about the podcast <laughs> like, yeah, literally yeah. like oh my god I will say a lot of its strengths lie in the the kind of set pieces and like the, like because they do make it like even if it's not explicitly scary always yeah. the town I always think an abandoned town it's is creepy. scary vibes the fact that the museum as fucking ludicrous as it is the fact that the whole thing is made of wax and then it Iconic. all melts yeah. that whole thing is like feeling claustrophobic like yeah and it's like it's melting all around them and they're like falling into it and apparently um, because on the DVD that I used to have there was a behind the scenes with the characters oh, and perfect. We was, obviously when you, when you were younger you'd watch all the BTS everything like. yeah, yeah yeah so um, we were watching the behind the scenes and apparently while filming there was a fire on set that set them back loads. Do you know more about that? I yeah. don't, do you know the details? Cost them like $10 million, I think. So they were filming it in uh, Australia, along Australia's Gold Coast, and they built like an entire town of sets to shoot on. Um, and basically there was this accidental fire from an unattended candle, which is irony. insane. Yeah, nobody yeah. was injured, thank <laughs> God. Um, and they were able to get it back in insurance. But yeah, cost approximately like $10 million in damage. Like... Insane. I just don't. I, I. I'm still shocked that you didn't know about it because, like, I think I thought it was like the horror film of the of our generation. I knew about it, but I just never, never watched it. And I remember, mm-hmm. but I all I remember around it was Paris's casting and yeah. like the stun and the reaction to that and how that carried such a negative connotation. Yeah, like it has like. Critically, I think it is. It's like twenty seven percent or something on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm like, that seems so harsh. I've watched much worse horrors. I'm like, it's scary enough. It's gory enough. Yeah. Yes, the writing I think is where it falls down, but I think everyone does the best job at what they have. Yeah. And and they're the hottest stars of the early two thousands. Yeah. Truly. Well, available, but like, who is the modern day Chad Michael Murray? Because he is in bloody everything. Oh, who is the, um. I don't know. Also, he is he not just Justin Timberlake? Yeah, but like from which? 
Yeah. That's so mean, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it is true, though, you know also, what I mean? Also, and this is me going to kind of segue my way in to try and get back here for another episode. Okay. Chad Michael Murray has a, I think it's a nine-episode arc on Riverdale. <gasps> yes. So I'll bring him back up when we do the Riverdale. I need to, yeah, but I need to. How many seasons of Riverdale are there? Too many. Too many. Yeah. But they're free now. I do really want to watch it though because it's such a quintessential flop. It gets so insane towards the end. It's like... They're all singing and they're like, here's Toronto and Archie (laughs) and Betty. No, and it's also like... It's also... We can't go into it now, but basically... It's where the term flop came from, I think, because it's so bad. But was this not like his kind... Was that not kind of his jumping off comeback point no I feel like he's yeah. trying to do a few more bits he's again he's trying to do a few more bits again but like back then Chad Michael Murray was like the boy but who was he I think now is it is it Paul Meskel no because like Paul Meskel is actually good yeah and it needs to just you know be, what I mean you need like, to just be dumb and hot hot, okay. d- hot dumb often the lead like protagonist and things yeah who would it be they're, I was trying to think about it and there kind of really isn't There's anyone not. in that. I thought it was Noah Centineo for a while but he hasn't actually done... And people kind of hate him now, don't they? Yeah, people kind of... Whereas like, I don't think actually anyone... Ha- I don't hate Chad Michael Murray. I'm like, fine, whatever. Yeah, grand. And like, thank you for Cinderella's story but like otherwise I'm like <laughs> irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What I, yeah, I think it, I would be kind of Noah though. Noah some like... Is that the man from All the Boys I Used to Love yes. or whatever? That That's not what it's called, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. Perfect. Are you like a horror fan? Have you kept up with it as you've gotten older? It's weird because I think I used to be a horror girl when I was younger for some weird reason. Okay, um, but so not as much now. Not really now, no. Like I went to see, what did I see recently? Um, is it X? Is that what it was called? Is, and it was like a trilogy that built up to Pearl. So I'm a star! Uh, yeah, but I haven't seen it. It's good. So I went to see, I, like, Jose was like, I hate horror. And I was like, yeah, but this is an A24 horror. So it's like a classy horror, you mm. know? I was like, and <laughs> it'll be like shot well. You know, the blood will be shot on film, you yeah. know? Um, so I brought him to that. And literally, we left and I was like, oh my God, that was shot really well. I don't know, it was a bit like, I don't know, did I love the storyline or whatever? And he was like, that was the worst film I've ever seen and he didn't really? talk to me for the night she was like I hated it so much <laughs> he was like I feel, I feel like I need to go to therapy after it he was like why do people make films about people killing people that's so weird <laughs> and then I was like yeah I suppose like you would like you it is weird that I think as a genre like we just love watching people be murdered yeah now I will say I kind of prefer the ooky spooky horror Oh, you like, know, like I love a de- like I love a demon or like a ghost. What, that, that doesn't like, really count when they're killing people. Other people killing people, I get it a bit depraved. If it's too close to home, yeah, yeah. Whereas if it's like Final Destination or something, yeah, I used or to like, like Final I Destinations. My, me and my friend group are uh, up, like big into the Conjuring. Okay, do you know what I mean? If you see, yeah. and actually, your man that directed, no, he didn't do this, but it's actually the writers. So it's Chad Hayes and Carrie Hayes are the writers or the screenwriters and producers on this, and they actually went on to do The Conjuring in 2013. Oh, so, really? Yeah, there's a big horror background for a lot of them. So you have like the director as well, Jean Colette Sarah. He went on to do Orphan, which I haven't seen, but it's supposed to be very good okay. from 2009. The Shallows. Did you watch that? It's like Blake Lively. And I've heard it, but I didn't watch Again, it. Again, also supposed to be good, but I haven't watched it. And he's done a load of, like, to be honest, shit ones with Liam Neeson. Um, <laughs> and then he also did Jungle Cruise, which was like a Disney thing recently. That's a bit with, a, like, <laughs> like a weird spanner. It's like Emily Blunt and like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, it's very, oh. yeah. I, don't, I like, I think horror, like, I'm I'm anti the whole supernatural one, though, because I think, really, like... why? Because, so for example, take House of Wax, right? Yeah. I could probably... 
kill Bo, right? Okay. After I seduce him because he's like, it's Eddie. But like, he's I... He's a bit hot, He's isn't he? so hot. And also, he's the dad in Cougar Town. Do you ever watch Cougar Town? <gasps> Cougar Town's a bit of a flop. We no, come back and do that. But, yeah, but Cougar Town's amazing. I know, but didn't it... Now, let's take this off oh, but no, anyway. but, oh, people! I was wondering what I knew him from oh, yeah. oh. Also for the listeners at home When I say things are good I love watching flops Like my favourite thing love, to do What's that other one you watch on Netflix Warrior Nun Warrior Nun That's well Shocking Let's, let's be careful now Before we drag <laughs> Warrior Nun through the mud Because that's fucking cinema PJ was it not literally just cancelled there recently It's not cancelled is it I think it is but what's going to happen? We were left on a cliffhanger. Will you keep talking about supernatural fucking okay, horror? Out. Why you don't like it? I'm going to Google Warrior okay. on. No, I don't like the supernatural stuff because I feel like I could take the um, real life people. So if there's a murderer who's a person, I have a level playing ground to be able to kill them because it'll be man v man. I'm 6'4". You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I used to play rugby. Yeah. Like, you know, I used to tie box when I was young. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be, I stand a chance. Whereas like, if it's the fucking devil coming out of the floor <laughs> I'm sure I might as well just die you know I wouldn't even try that stage you know what I mean <laughs> so do you know like I don't mind watching a horror when it's a person that I know I could kill but if it's a if it's a, a supernatural thing sure you're fucked yeah. if you're in a house that's trying to kill you like you need to just demolish the house you can't win against house you can't yeah, win yeah but then the whatever demons the house in the always house. wins it's the same <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever demons in the house though is going to come back and find you is the thing well you're just making up rules now no, but that's generally what happens. Is that not the whole conceit of the conjuring? That the house is fucking haunted. But then do they get out and are they grand? Or I no, did they think was that anyway, doesn't matter. The What's nun was the... here, I hate to say this, but the nun is cancelled. <laughs> As of recording, hopefully something changes in the meantime, but Okay, okay guys, what do you call the flop cu- floppies? <laughs> what do you call the flop Stop culture the listener? What do you call the flop culture listeners? Oh, they don't have a name, actually. Okay. Well, we well, can't call them floppies. The floppies. <laughs> Floppy discs. Sloppy disc. Sloppy anyway, the listeners, we're going to start a petition to get Warren on back yeah, because perfect. it's amazing and also it's kind of anti-religion to cancel it, is it? I yeah, anti-church. Wait until the wait until the poor pairs. Wait until the poor pairs about this. <laughs> no, I bet you. No, I bet you the fucking pope was the one who behind cancelling it because it was say, too good. Yeah, and I, it was giving nuns in the in the monastery ideas that they could rise up the ranks. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, it's panicking now that the Catholic Church is going to shut down the pod. <laughs> Anyway, back to horrors. Um, what did you think about the the marketing campaign behind it, and specifically around Paris's casting? Because that was kind of one of the other things that like buoyed the movie. And this was before social media as well. But like, she was cast, and people were like outraged she was cast. Like the horror fans, but they had this whole like tagline that was basically see Paris die so you'd have photos of her like standing next to the tagline and like it's funny because at the time it's like kind of steeped in misogyny but she's nearly able to turn it around and you look at it now and it's like that's kind of camp that she was able to just be like fuck you I'm making my absolute bank and again I maintain she is not the worst part of this I, whatsoever. No, no, she's not. I think she's, I thought she was good. I think she's so good. Yeah, also, I just love that she just, go, she doesn't give a shit. Do you know, she wasn't, because she wasn't like, I'm a serious actor. I'm not going to stand next to a poster that says, see, Pastor. She was like, that's hot. She was like, get a picture of me. You know what I mean? Loving it. Also, I need to show you this picture from, they did an interview with, um, I think it was Us Weekly or something. And doesn't this picture just scream 2000s cast? Yes, I saw that picture. Yeah, it's 100%. Brilliant. It's... I I looked at it I was because re- I was reading something about Chad Michael Murray. I was like, oh, is that the One Tree Hill cast? I looked, if you looked at it kind of quick, quickly, I was like, 
Yeah. Your yeah, eyes would need like to like that. readjust. And also she has she has the bump it in in oh. that one, Paris. No, but I bump think it's she, our flop. What? Bumpets bump, are bump flat. Bump I don't know if I get a whole episode out of it, but God no, love I me, know I it's, try. It's sounding like I'm praising it a lot. There are flaps. There is there's some plot holes in the film and stuff. So and what I, do you think doesn't work? Or the like, writing what do you, is just shit. Okay. So it's 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 an adaptation of like it's a remake of a remake. So basically, no, it's a very loose remake. Yeah. I will say because because I was like, oh yeah, and I haven't watched this, but I think I will now. So it's a loose remake of the 1953 film of the same name, which is a remake yeah. of the 1933 film Mystery of the Wax Museum. But like the plot is pretty much entirely different. So the 1933 film Mystery of the Wax Museum tells the story of a brilliant wax figure sculptor whose museum of priceless sculptures is burned down by a duplicitous business partner, resulting in the permanent scarring. Uh, of your man's face, the artist. The unhinged sculptor then returns years later, intent on both revenge and rebuilding his collection of cherished faces by any means necessary. Things only get worse when he meets a woman who looks just like his last masterpiece, which is like a thematic callback to something, and becomes intent on making her a permanent addition to the exhibition. So like, it's not, there are there are like bits of it that are similar, yeah. but... They just goes, we, oh, he turned people to wax, we'll just take that bit. Yeah. And that was it. So you haven't seen that movie I either. I haven't seen that one either. Because yeah. it's like, is it silent or old? Is it, is it it's old. old. Is this? <laughs> I don't know if it's silent, but it's old. It's something, like, it's something you'd play if you want to impress people to be like, oh, yeah. I watched a 1950s film kind of yeah. vibes. You know yeah. what I mean? But I'll watch this, maybe. No, I won't. I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, don't tell lies in the podcast. Yeah, I won't lie. Perfect. I won't going to lie to the flappies. Thanks. Um, but basically... <laughs> I just think the writing is shocking. It was so deli- like, but what, what, all the, there's no plot, like, all the characters are half-baked, they just all have, like, rent, they're all walking cliches of themselves. So that's where it's a flop, but then it gets itself back because they're all hot pop culture icons of their time in this film. And then the set and the production was really good for, like, 2005 mm. you know except there's one scene at the end is it the end where the house is melting <laughs> yeah. and, the sea, and they're on like the ledge of the wax and it's falling yeah. the CGI the is the CGI shocking. is like Grand Theft Auto Vice City MS like, Paint by, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, MS Paint yeah. and I'm just like director in that instance well maybe back then they were like this is the best thing ever Cutting but like edge, yeah. in that instance I don't know cut to the an eyeball and have a, rese- a reflection of fire or something yeah. you know don't do a wide shot of the house melting if it's going to look like that it was, it was like roadblocks like it, it it ends on a bit of a uh, not twist is the wrong word what, uh, what am I thinking of That's the cliffhanger thing. yeah but so also like, does it okay so at the start of the film uh, when they're brought to the town they're brought to the town by this guy who kind of gives creepy weird vibes but drops them off and there's kind of no more said about it and we don't meet him again until the very end of the film where yeah. it's revealed that he's like the secret third brother that nobody knew about yeah. right in which Carly kind of also cops herself as they're like driving away with the brother Nick and they're like processing the trauma, whatever. So like with that in mind, if there ever was to be a House of Wax sequel, what do you see it looking like? Who would you like to see come back? Who would you not like to see come back? Do you think that's why they did that? That so they could do a sequel if they wanted to? I kind of think so. But like any time I've Googled it, it's like, no, absolutely not. We're never doing a sequel. Yeah, because I was looking as well. But as well, like... Again, number one, when they're in the car with that guy at the, the one of the third brother at the start, mm. that taught me don't judge a book by its cover because <laughs> they're all freaked out in the car with him and they think he's going to kill them. And then he's like, "Oh, I was just trying to be nice," but then at the end he does turn out to be like one of the killers. So actually, maybe do judge a book by its yeah. cover. But if it was to be a sequel, well, they like they're all dead. So the only people that could come back 
is Carly and her twin brother. And they're obviously going to be in jail. Can they go to jail for incest? Because they're obviously going to be in, like, in prison they or something. They could go to jail for incest, yeah. It, so, does that an interesting movie make, though? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm like sure. after they, obviously they start hooking up with each other after they leave because the sexual tension on camera off the charts. is off the charts. So maybe they come back and maybe they're all crazy. I don't know. No, I think, what, what could we do? Could we do, could you do pre- yeah, this was literally what I was just about to say. So the writers, Carrie and Chad, actually said they have no plans for a sequel, but they would do a prequel. a prequel. We did float the idea of a prequel after it came out, but the studio's response is it didn't do any big numbers at the box office. But if we approach it now, it could be a whole different story because of the fan base. Because it does kind of... I don't want to call it a cult following because I don't think it fully has that but they are right in the sense that it wasn't a total box office flop but it didn't make it made 30 million so it caught yeah but it caught like that's still not huge not huge enough numbers to want oh but I like 30 million yeah Yeah. absolutely but it cost 40 million dollars only made 70.1 I don't mean only but you know what I mean okay I know what you mean in terms of financing another movie so yeah you're thinking like maybe a prequel with the brothers I think that would be scary and seeing their home life and I want to know why the two of them just let your man... I, well, I suppose, was your man the brains behind it all, really? Or, you know what I mean, the guy who drove them to the place? Yeah, because when I think about that, I'm like, he... Okay, so he's the third brother, but what was he doing? Bringing them to the town, and then... I think I think this I is know. how the operation worked. I think my angel Vincent just wanted to make some wax sculptors. Okay. Yeah? yeah. He just wanted to make some wax sculptures, right? Yeah. That's all he wanted to do. He didn't want to kill anyone. He was mam's boy. He misses her. I'm actually I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's lovely, right? Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time, poor Vincent, right? Yeah. yeah. And he has a half a face. So like yeah. society true him to the strict. Yeah, right? absolutely. So he's an angel boy. Goes okay. insane. He's too hot for his own good, right? He's just crazy, right? And then he kind of corrupts Vincent. Okay. But then I think the other guy's role, which I don't know his name, the guy who who was the kind cares, of yeah. hillbilly guy who was yeah. like taking on the roadkill. I think his job was to get people, because they were saying they pull people off the motorway and that's how they get them to town. He's the mastermind who gets people from the road into the town. So you could argue he's actually the worst person because... Otherwise, people would have just went to the match or like kept their journey going. But he was like, no, come in here. And then he gave them over to the crazy bow fella. So I think Bo's in charge. Your man is the kind of like guy who gets people in for him and he kind of wants to impress Bo. And then I think Vincent's just like misunderstood. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So misunderstood. Sweetie boy. Sweetie boy. Um, Why should someone watch it? Like what's your elevator pitch for why it's not actually really a flop and people should embrace it wholeheartedly? I think it encapsulates the early 2000s perfectly because it's just all vibes, no story. You know what I mean? Um, They're just all these like generically hot people dying and it's also like a mild horror. So like if, say you know, if if you're a horror fanatic and like your partner's like, oh, I don't like horror, like I don't like guts, all that stuff, you could ease them into it with that. Like you could make them watch that first. And then they're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And I kind of live for Paris, you know? Yeah. So that's why you should watch it, I think. Kean's not really into horror, my fiancé. And Woo! he... Woo! And... <laughs> so <it was> pathetic. <laughs> and he watched it with me and he was like, oh yeah, no, like he enjoyed it. And he yeah. de- he found it scary, but not like terrifying. So good entry point for someone. Good I think, entry who... point. Yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a um, a gateway drug to horrors. You know, yeah. it's the weed of horror films. <laughs> it's the weed, if you will. You know of what I mean. Films. What a comparison. Uh, 
PJ, what a what a joy it's been. What a what blast. A joy. Um, where can people listen to you, find out more about you if they're interested? What am I plugging at the moment? Let well, me yeah, check. what are you plugging? Have a look. Um, so me and my best friend Kevin have a book coming out in October Woo! called The I'm Grand Manuel. Um, so buy that. And then you can listen to my podcast, I'm Grand Mam, on any streaming platform. And you're on Patreon. Plug Patreon. I'm on page. Oh yeah, obviously. On Patreon, uh, we do an extra podcast called Don't Tell Mam. And then just follow me at PJ Carpe. Stunning. We can be buddies. You'll have to come back. You've a bag oh, full of flaps. Yeah, I'm, I have, I'm ready for Cougar Town. I'm ready for Riverdale. I, we are going to have to wear your own, I think. Oh, we'll have to do. Well, that's that's. Going I know to be you're bop. in denial about it now, but I think when you once you turn the corner, we'll we'll get a good conversation out of it. Okay, we like. I'm just going to need to mourn the loss of it first. Yeah. you're actually after kind of ruining my day. <laughs> But it's fine. Perfect. I love yeah. it. I love when guests say that. Um, <laughs> PJ, thank you so much for joining me on Flap Culture. Thank you. Bye, Flappies. Woo! You can find PJ on all social media at pj.kirby. He co-hosts the Smash It podcast and Grandmam. You can get that wherever you get podcasts. He does that alongside Kevin Toomey, who is invited on to Flap Culture. Do not let him tell you otherwise. He's picked a great flap. It's scheduling issues, okay? We're going to get him eventually. I can't wait. Together, they have written a book, The I'm Graham Manual, and it comes out October 12th, which is next Thursday. You can pre-order it now, wherever you pre-order books. Extremely important for first-time authors, and it's going to be such a gorgeous, but relevant, and I think helpful read for so many, like all of their work is. And I'm very excited, and just want to extend a congratulations again to the two lads. Finally, who's top of the flops this week? You're a flop. Top of the flops this week. Let me tell you, not a good week for Love Island winners Jess Harding and Sammy Root, who have split two months, two months, that has to be some kind of new record, after the ITV dating show finale aired. Took home the 50k prize together and they've called it a day. I'm not shocked. I don't think anyone else was shocked. I mean... They won least compatible couple in there. If you watched the season, you'd struggle to even think that they liked each other. Um, I think people really thought it was going to be Whitney, Whitney and Lachlan, but alas, we're not getting into that now. They're still together. Sources have been telling people that the relationship has changed since leaving the villa this summer. Sammy was straight out with a statement once this hit the media, which I'm going to read now. Jess has said nothing. She's away on a girl's trip, remaining kind of unbothered, but still, I don't know. Probably peeved, I would imagine. Probably peeved. Sammy on his Instagram story said, Hi guys, I thought I would come online to address today's news with me and Jess. Yes, we had a private conversation regarding our relationship, but this was left up in the air, as Jess is still away and we haven't had a chance to speak in person. For me to then see today via the media that we had officially broken up came as a total shock. To be totally clear, I at least wanted a face-to-face conversation to see if our relationship could be saved and felt this would be the respectful way forward. We had the most incredible experience winning Love Island and I genuinely saw a future with Jess. I was committed and respectful to our relationship. Unfortunately, things don't always work out the way you'd hoped. Despite how this has all played out today, I think Jess is an amazing woman and genuinely wish her all the best. I mean, maybe this puts to bed the rumours that there are certain contracts around how long Islanders can stay together because as I said, this is incredibly short for two winners, even two winners that hated each other. You know what I mean? Even with the likes of, we'll say, Ekansu and Davide, they were kind of immediately dogged by rumours that they actually weren't together fairly early on after leaving the villa. And they stayed together, whether that was genuine or them keeping up a pretense, 
They committed. You know what I mean? They did what they could to get the reality show where they were eating spaghetti like Lady and the Tramp in Italy. You know what I mean? And going to Turkey and doing bits, you know? Jess and Sammy couldn't even keep together for that. You know? If this isn't proof that, like, we are really, really, truly out of the golden age of Love Island, then I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Because I think even for them... From there, and look, listen, don't get me wrong. If a situation is making you miserable, do I expect you to stay in it? Absolutely not. But you are so much stronger together as a couple within this Love Island ecosystem. That's just facts, like commercially, in the media. So I don't know. Does irrelevance await? I'm not, I'm not sure. Anyway, Love Island officially in its flop era. Love in its flop era, question mark? Let me know. Hello, flopculture at gmail.com. Flop culture returns next week. Last week's hint was far too easy. So all I'll say this week for next week is this is a feminist text. My name is Fanula Jones. This has been Flop Culture. Editing was done by Adam Shanahan. Until next time, bye-bye.